You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group Line Realty Studio in West Monroe. We always love catching up with Gus Kattengill down from ESPN in New Orleans. He joins us on the Darren Moody State Farm Hotline. Gus, how are you doing this morning on this lovely Tuesday morning? Doing awesome, man. What's going on, dude? Uh, we're just uh, anxious for the regular season to finally kick off. This uh, <laughs> exhibition preseason stuff. It was yep. fun for like for like a half or maybe for the first mm-hmm. week. Now I'm just like, come on now. Well, uh, definitely, especially after that, that performance <laughs> by the quarterbacks, right? Yeah. Uh, then you're definitely, because that's what you're telling yourself. You're like, oh, well, wait for Breeze and wait for the starters to go. But I thought Sean Payton said it best over um, – Right after the game, he's like, you know, look, because I, I think the question was, well, how do you evaluate this team, or are you not as worried because Breeze and them are in there? And he kind of put a stop to that. He's like, look, fine, Breeze isn't playing, but the rest of the team, you know, still pretty much sort of is. And, you know, he referenced the, the poor tackling against um, uh, against short passes in, in, you know, bunch formations. He referenced the fact that, the turnovers still were going on. The, the lining up formations in the receiving core, calling it average at best, the the receiver play. But I love this. It goes back to two Tuesdays ago, I think we were talking about, Aaron, where everything that he's done from camp is and one, you know, to use a, a, a hoops term. Everything, you know, what he would normally coach at a certain level, and then he's doing an and one. And to kind of confirm that for me in terms of, I think this organization and his team believes that they're good enough to win it. And I'm talking about the Super Bowl. So everything has to be at a higher level. The, 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 you know, you demand at a higher level because we all have talked about the NFC, how stacked it is. We've talked about how tough the schedule could be, the importance of getting off to a good start. I think from calling the potential returners bachelorettes to bringing in new players to do that job, to getting rid of a three-year player in Devontae Harris because he committed two penalties that gave first downs in a game that didn't count, right? I mean, I just I keep going on and on to the to the understanding and accepting of everyone's, you know, patting them on the back on how good they are by putting a banner right on the building, right where the practice field everyone can see, you know, prove them right. I mean, he's flat out saying it, fine. You want to talk about how great you are? Prove them right. I mean, just everything – is and one and Boston Scott confirmed it to me Saturday when he was speaking to reporters when he he was talking about Sean's message after the game he said we don't want to be a good team we want to be a great team and if we want to win the whole thing and we want to be a champion then we have to correct these things so he's absolutely telling them that because they lost by five when they had absolutely no quarterback play and in the week before that after two drives of having trouble stopping the Jags, they want to put six sacks, won the game in the fourth quarter. Their reserves are better than the Jags. It's not panic mode. The Saints are a good football team. But I love the fact that he's kind of created that, that feeling in the fan base, Eric, because everyone was, you know, right Friday and Saturday, oh, man, they're done and all that. And I'm like, wait, wait a minute. Why are they done if Breeze is hurt? Why? They're still a Super Bowl contender, aren't they? I get they're a different team, but don't sell yourself, don't sell yourself short with my message yesterday on my show of everyone going, well, if he's done, you're done. No, go find the backup then. Go find someone that can help you because 
You still have Kamara and Thomas in a really good offensive line. You still have a good defense. Don't sell yourself short and go, well, if Breeze is done, we're done. This isn't the 7-9 and nine teams where if Breeze was done, you don't win a game. This team's better than that. But your point being, that quarterback that would replace Breeze is not on the roster right now. I tell you what, right now, I, I, I looked at, all I can go is by what your eyes see, right? And the comparison. So in that game, in that game, Bradford, Rosen, much better than what the Saints had on the field that day, right? I get it. Now, mm-hmm. I, I hear, you know, look, I, Bradford is, if he's healthy, I was going back and forth with uh, a buddy yesterday about this. I'm like, dude, not, granted, they paid him uh, a ridiculous amount to go to Arizona. But that might be something that the Saints going to look at, a guy like a Bradford. Maybe not even him, but maybe even him. I don't know. Because they can't develop somebody, and I'm talking about where it's going to be right now, right, and, or even next year or the year before that. I, I think with Taysom, it's a project. It could be sometime you see the flashes of that. But, boy, you also remember that's his second preseason game. And, and the problem is if you have a, you have a team that's in a quote-unquote window, Right, a Super Bowl contending window. I need somebody that can go. So it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, Breeze hangs it up, or you know, Breeze is like, look, I want to go concentrate on being a dad or something in the year or two. If they don't go get a starter that's actually won games and stuff, and I, I'm not ripping Tom Savage. Yes, he's a starter, he's a vet and all that, but dude, you see that ceiling. I mean, it when he goes in there, am I the only one that's going? He's just in there to try not to throw an interception rather than make plays. Does that make sense? Like, you're just hoping he doesn't turn the ball over. Yeah. But Bradford, I mean, literally, I have a better chance of winning the lottery than that guy does of staying upright for four games straight. Yeah, that's the problem. That's the problem. I mean, because, you know, but you, you just see it. I mean, again, I think the thing that really just was glaring more than anything else, and I get it, he was a 10th pick overall, but Josh Rosen looked light years ahead of the two quarterbacks the Saints had, including the starting veteran in, in, you know, in Savage, didn't he? I mean, he looked light years. The ball was zipped out of his hand. He looked comfortable. The plays that were being called for him, like, it, it was nice to actually see that. And I'm like, and then, you know, the Saints guys come in and he can't, can't even hold on to the football. So, look, I think there's plays that can help Taysom. I think it was a lot of jitters because, you know, it just it was bad. But – you have to extrapolate the positives, and you do. And they ran the heck out of the football up and down that field. It breezes the quarterback. Aaron, it's 17, it's 21 nothing in that first set. I mean, am I lying? I mean, they, they ran right down the field. Michael Thomas is wide open at around the 12-yard line near side that Taysom airmailed. Breeze hits that. He doesn't throw a laser dart to Cam Meredith, who should have caught the ball, but it's a dart two yards away. If he had some touch on it, it's an easy catch for a first down. Uh, so I, I think those are scoring drives with Breeze in the game. So remember that, you know, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm telling Saints fans. It's like, look, as bad as it was, if nine is in that game, they're, they're blown. Ryan Ramchek, I think, single-handedly knocked out two Cardinal players for the game. I mean, <laughs> that line was dominating the Cardinals' defensive line. Gus, uh, we played some sound last week from Drew Brees and talked about the fact you just cannot flip on the switch and be ready yeah. to go for the uh, regular season. So I anticipate we're going to see him in this third game, and we'll see him for a half, and then, of course, take the, the fourth game off. Yeah, look, he loves practices against other teams. He's stressed before, and I, I still use that bite from years ago when they were taking on the Patriots in New England. 
and he said, look, those practices he gets more than out of a preseason game because it, it's controlled. You know you're not getting hit. It's competitive. You can do as many teams here. He, he actually plays more, and you, he said you face their first unit more at a two-day practice against him than you do in a preseason game where it might be a drive or two drives and you're mixing in handoffs and you know things of that nature. And If you go three and out, but you've reached your allotted time period, maybe you come out. When you have two days of practice, Wednesday and Thursday, against the Chargers, a team that a lot of people feel is a playoff team, you, you can put in a lot more. So you can do a lot more. And I, I think that's kind of one of the things that um, is going to stand out, I think, coming into this week. I mean, look, he wants to play. I think it is crucial for him to get at least a quarter in there, just a drive or two. I think, if anything, for this offense to to get a good taste in his mouth in this aspect of it. You kind of forget, Aaron, this is a young receiving core. You know, even with Michael Thomas, um, Ginn's only in his second year. Thomas is in his third. Meredith is in his going into his third preseason game, second preseason game because he didn't play in that first one. Um, you're looking at, you know, Taquan Smith in his third preseason game, right? So that is a very young core. I think that's probably why you're seeing a lot of the lineup issues that they're having. Um, you don't have Coleman because he's injured. You know, Doral is not there. These are guys that kind of maybe know the offense could help. I think Tommy Lewis is battling for a spot. So I think it's kind of key, not even for Breeze's standpoint, Aaron, I think just for the offensive flow standpoint because Tampa's looked pretty good in the preseason. Winston's been playing well. He's not going to play in the first four games. I get that. But they got talent. You better be ready to go with an offense. And if you're having trouble where receivers are running wrong routes, like Ted Ginn was for Sean Payton, you got an offense where, you know, the, the receivers are lining up incorrectly, and it's third and five, and here comes McCoy from the Bucks. You, you, you better get that fixed as soon as possible. So I think the urgency is more from that aspect of it in a game situation because they're practicing with Breeze in the game. I mean, during the week they're in practice. So I think it's more of a game situation, so I'm not too concerned, but I think that's the main reason you see him on Saturday. Gus, you mentioned a final question. Uh, Cameron Meredith, of course, the ball going through his hands. He has certainly not been the playmaker that they thought that he would be bringing right. him in. What's the status with him? Is he going to go down as one of these busts that they brought in? I think it's too early to say that. But, um, Aaron, to your point, yesterday on the show I threw this out. We do the hot takes Monday, right? You know, silly mm-hmm. little thing where you give hot takes. And I'm like, I, Traquan Smith's the second-best receiver in his team. Comma, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, I great it. thing in that you, I think you found another steal in the third round to find a second receiver, like the number two receiver on, on a tandem uh, in the third round. Great job. Standing O once again for the Saints, right? The bad thing about it is you have other vets on there. So is that, is that a good thing? I mean, he's still learning the offense. He's still learning how to be a pro. But, um so it's a good thing. Like I said, I don't think it's a bad thing. I, I think what you're seeing is this, and it's only because we might have somewhat seen this when it came to Kobe Fleener. Remember when Fleener got yeah. here? Do you remember Michael Thomas? Yeah. Both came in at the same time. One couldn't figure out to go left or right in the playbook. The other was, you know, on his way to a thousand yard season. So I don't think it's a playbook issue with Cameron Meredith. That's not the issue. I think the issue is. Friday was the first game he's played since he got hurt. Hmm. So it takes time. 
Did you have one more question? Did you have the guts to touch the newest Saint Station? Touch is the wrong word, but did you have the guts to uh, address that subject on your show? You know what? It, I, it's funny you say that because I don't even look at it as guts or something of that nature. I, I find it a if that's what bothered you out of that game. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, you know what I'm getting at. It's like, man, I, I'll be honest with you, Aaron. I I live life. Very simply, man. I uh, I try to take care of my business. I appreciate every day I have. And look, uh, I don't know what I did that was blessed to have a son that that I, I enjoy spending every moment with. And I don't know about you, but um, I do everything I can to try to make sure that a check comes in. And I think we all know those checks sometimes aren't as big as they should. I got a lot of things to worry about. You get what I'm getting at? I mean, yeah. like. I got a lot of things to worry about, and I guess maybe because I'm a parent, I see, I see things a lot differently, right? Mm. And if my child ever wanted to do something that made them happy, how does that make somebody else angry? You know what I'm getting? I, look, I, I can understand that. I, and, look, I sat in the, in the press box, and, you know, I won't name them, but there were people around me that were just so bent out of shape. Mm. And, I mean, just... It's an embarrassment. It's disgust. I'm like, I mean, I, I don't, I, again, I, to me, it doesn't bother me. So if he's smiling and he's happy and people are happy, I just, in a world where, man, we spend five minutes every five minutes just ripping people, I, like I said, if, it, if the organization felt it's okay, I, I don't understand. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't get it. I just, mm-hmm. if that's what you take out of that game that bothers you, then... I don't know, man. I think it's a you problem. I mean, I woke up this morning and I read how the Sewage and Water Board gave themselves a pay raise. The top three people make $100,000 a year. That's what bothers me. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yes. they did what? And then the city council has a meeting and the mayor doesn't show up to explain it. But they keep voting. That, that can get me going for about an hour and a half. You know what I'm saying? Because that affects my life. Some guy waving a towel who likes to dance. Dude, let him dance. I mean, he does it four times in the game at best that you might see it. Let him dance, dude. Go get a dome foam if it bothers you that much, man. I just like, there's so many things to worry about, Aaron. Good point. We want to hear more from you, Gus. What do we need to do? It's at noon, man. 12 to 3 is when we go on at ESPN Radio. No other way to chime in via social media, Facebook as well, and have some fun with us. And uh, it was a pleasure. Talk to you next Tuesday. Man, you do a number of remotes, man. you got to be putting on some weight, man. The, you know what? It's funny you say that. No, no, you know what? I will, I will start sending you the pictures. I do I do a smoothie. I do uh, I do a homemade smoothie with the Ninja Blender that my wife got from a year ago. It's actually really good. I, that's how I keep, uh, you know, felt, man. That's how I do it. Right. Appreciate it. I Slim and trim, it. mean and lean. That's kind of good. <laughs> Appreciate it, bud. Oh, man, that was fantastic. That was the best screw-up ever. <laughs> I lost it. I hope that didn't pick it up on uh, on air. But, uh, yeah, I agree with Gus, too. I mean, look, you know, everybody, let people do what they want, whatever. I just, I at the end of the day, I'm with Gus, too. The, if you did come out of that game worried about the sensation and not worried about the drops and – the Saints backup quarterback competition. The fact that we were talking Monday saying Tom Savage is the clear number two, that bothered me. It's like, man, we went into this preseason going, Taysom Hill's got to be number two because we know what Savage can do, and it's not great. 
and everybody thinks these NFL cheerleaders. It's all this glitz and glamour, and they're making all this money. No, My stepdaughter no, no. was a sensation for two years, and I can tell you, I mean, it is not what it's no. all cracked up to be. Now, obviously, they get access and they get an opportunity to do some pretty cool stuff. But there's a lot of hard work that goes into that just for literally being to perform and to be on that field for a few times during the season. Yeah, yeah. 888-993-7762. Let's take a timeout. Coming up next, we're going to finish up our four downs. Jake has about eight yards to gain on third and fourth down. And then later on, you'll hear more from Nick Bruno on how to get butts in the seat out at ULM. Hey, try not to name 15 quarterbacks in the top five quarterbacks of college football. How about that? I do have a list here. There's I bet, two, I bet four, it's six, eight. I got nine. Oh, okay, perfect. <laughs> the Morning Drive is back after this. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price, for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road car king. We treat you like royalty. We earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing. The king of the road, the king of the road, our king. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Welcome to Walk-On's Bistro and Bar where every dish starts from scratch. Fresh ingredients bring our food to life. Mouth-watering cuisine, unique flavors, and we're always more than happy to share our Southern charm and culture. A love of life, family, food, friends, fun, sports, and celebrations. Walk-ons, it's game day with the taste of Louisiana. The North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic is dedicated to helping you get back to your old self, maybe even better. Whether a sports-related injury or an accident in daily life has you sidelined, let the progressive all-star team of physicians, therapists, and professional staff at North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic provide superior service and results. Visit us at MonroeOrtho.com to schedule your appointment at one of our three locations in Ruston, West Monroe, or 1501 Louisville Avenue in Monroe. Now, let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Uh, we got a couple texts, of course. You can join the conversation, 888-993-7762. We'll get back to the ULM situation here in the next segment. AJ says, I think Scott McDonald would be a fantastic ULM AD. Another one coming in here, and this reference to the Saint sensation, the newest uh, male member, not sure how many perks he will get. Don't think he's going to make the calendar shoot in Jamaica. <sighs> oh, boy. I'm not going to touch that one. All right, let's go. Four downs. Third down, Jake. Third down. Aaron, give us. And the first two downs were uh, rank, of course, Adrian Peterson among the greatest running backs of all time. I had kind of had him around seven or eight. Jake had him at. About the same, same part. And yeah. then, of course, the NFL franchise that would make the biggest jump this year. 
I said Atlanta uh, just because I can't see them finishing third in the division again. I know they won 10 games. The Browns, of course, are the easy pick, but uh, I waffled between uh, the Texans and the Giants, and I ultimately decided on the Giants considering they only won three games last year. Yeah, you trimmed your 16 teams down to one, so we're all proud of you. There you go. You pressed me a little bit, and you got an answer. Give us, third down, give us your boldest college football prediction of the season. One, Aaron. One bold prediction. None of these are bold. You have multiple? Why can't you just do one? Like why? Well, I tried to come up with one bold prediction, and I couldn't. That's awful. All right, it? this is my, UL that makes a bold. That's not that bold. I know. That's what I'm saying. None of these are bold. How about Cavante Turpin has four returns for a touchdown? That's pretty bold. Yeah, that's because that, that's his career mark, I believe right? So, yeah. so he would double his career yeah. mark. Yeah. Okay. All right, there you go. I'll take I gave it. you one. I'll take it. Mine is Notre Dame, the number 12 preseason team. No, don't say it. Goes 7-5. and five. Oh. I thought you were going to say they are going to knock off Michigan in the opening game. No. I think their schedule is tough. I think the QB situation is still unsettled. And let's not forget, they have to replace a lot up front. You go through their schedule, I can see them losing to Michigan, Stanford, Virginia Tech, uh, Navy, or Northwestern. I think they'll split that one. And then Florida State. So you look through their schedule, I think they could easily go – Seven and five this year, maybe even USC beats them. So Kelly's out of there then. I think so. But with Notre Dame, it's been like it's been crazy because they'll have like a four and eight year, and then they'll have like a ten win season. It's so up and down, it's so inconsistent. But I think this is the year where everybody's like, oh yeah, Notre Dame, they're going to be a top ten team. Nah, I don't see it. I just think there are too many question marks with this team. I think their schedule's too tough. This is not a bold prediction. LSU fans won. Ed Orgeron fired at halftime of the Miami game. <laughs> no, that's not bold. LSU's offense is going to get off to a miserable start. No, I, it would be more bold if you would have said that Joe Burrow would start the game nine for nine or something like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, that Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow starts on fire. Yes. How about Oklahoma embarrasses Florida Atlantic? D- define embarrass. Uh, Twenty-five, thirty points. Okay, the point spread is around 21 points. Um, I think it's 32-35 nothing at the half, Oklahoma. 32-35, I I disagree with that. Uh, Just because Kyler Murray, again, loved the kid, think he's a great athlete, not that accurate of a passer. So I think their offense isn't going to soar like you saw with Baker, especially in the very first game of the year. FAU has a lot of firepower. I think it's a lot closer than you think. It's not a bold prediction, but I just saw it on Twitter. Minnesota and P.J. Fleck has named the starting quarterback a walk-on freshman. Interesting. He did come from IMG Academy, one of the three teams that they had last year, and I think he was a backup last year at IMG Academy. Hey, by the way, Shea Patterson finally named the starter at Michigan, so that's good. Shocker. That's not bold. Well, it's not bold. I'm just saying finally they named him the starter. Miles Brennan named the starter. That would be a bold prediction. Yeah. You really let me down with this one, Aaron. Uh, well, I got Cavante Turpin. Four touchdown returns. That's pretty bold. That's uh, ULM going to a bowl game. That's not that bold. I think that's happened. Uh, it's only happened one time in the history of that program. That's I pretty get bold. It, but they've won four games the last two years. They're getting better. You know, the schedule's easier this year compared to last year. Six wins doesn't mean they get a bowl game. Uh, pretty close. <laughs> with the way. I understand the past, but I'm just saying it's pretty close with the way that these bowl games are. 
All right, fourth down. Rank the top five college football quarterbacks this season. All right, go ahead. So I can try to during the break. This. Aaron goes, I don't like any of them. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Well, I mean, there's a number of them, but how do you separate any of these guys? Now, well, you look on talent level, you look like a guy like McSorley or Stidham, the fact that they have so much experience, or do you say Tua in that one half is just incredible, so he needs to be above those guys? I want you to project. That said, I'm projecting, and I'm still not going to put Tua in the top five. I don't feel comfortable enough just seeing half and seeing preseason ball, and, and last, not this year, last year's spring game. I haven't seen enough to put two in the top five. So what I have is – And this Will, isn't projected at their NFL potential. This is being no, a college this year. quarterback. Yes. So I have Will Greer at the top of my list. He moves the needle for you? Yes. Yeah, really? Well, does he not for you? I don't know. I wasn't. <laughs> I saw him against TCU, and I don't know what he – he threw – I don't know. He probably had close to 300 yards that day. you got to let go of that game. I don't know. That game just – I don't know. Something That game about was it. a stinker. No, it was the best game in the college football that week. Well, it was. It went down. It went down to the final minute or two. Remind me of that game, by yeah, the way. It was a great game. Went down to the last. Uh, Wasn't it like a? Two. Was there a comeback or something? No, not really. It just went back. I just remember watching that game and being disappointed. Yeah. Anyway, Will Greer, I think he's the most complete. I've been impressed with him since the jump at Florida. Uh, Florida was really good when he was their quarterback, and then of course he gets popped, and we all know what happened after that. But I, I, I think Will Greer has accomplished enough in his career to be top five, no doubt. Uh, Trace McSorley, again, I think he's probably the most accomplished of the quarterbacks returning, um, although it's going to be a, very difficult for him without his top receiver, top tight end, and top running back. And watch back. Jake. On every one of these quarterbacks, he's going to list their credentials and their accomplishments, and then he's going to say, but. What? It makes my argument. They all got a flaw. Uh. Drew Locke, you got him probably at number three or number four, but. But it's Missouri. <laughs> but. <Derek Dooley. laughs> that is the question. And honestly. Jake Browning, you got him three or four. I don't even have him. Oh, all right. No. Jake Fromm, you have him three or four, but. You know what I did, Aaron? I threw Stidham in there because of his big playability. And I also threw McKenzie Milton in there. Now, some might say, oh, he's a system quarterback at UCF. Okay, he's a really good system quarterback. He's, he does a fantastic job at UCF. I, I think he deserves to be mentioned in the top five quarterbacks returning this year. Mm-hmm. The thing is, Khalil Tate. You don't have. I don't have Khalil Tate. The thing is, you've got a lot of really good talents, but you don't have any of those elite. Like last year comes the year we were like Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Josh Rosen. This year you're like, ah, yeah, Kyle Murray, but. I wouldn't even put Kyler Murray in the conversation. Joe Burrow, my number one guy. <laughs> that shouldn't come as a surprise. <laughs> so, literally, you got Greer, then you got McSorley. I got Greer, McSorley, Stidham. Stidham at three. Milton. All right. Tua, five. No, I actually, you're going to think I'm crazy. Wouldn't be the first time. At five, I put Ryan Finley from NC State. I, I think he's earned that spot. But anyway, I don't have Fromm. I, I think Fromm's poise is his best characteristic. I'm looking for more things than just poise. Uh, I think Fromm's on a very good football team. A lot of these other guys, like Finley, is not on as good a football team as NC State. So I think they, they're counting on a little bit more than the guys like Fromm and like Tua. I mean, Tua's going to be a very good quarterback, but, of course, it's Alabama. 
they have so many ways to beat me. Good job. You beat me on third and fourth downs today. Well, I typically do. I was Taysom Hill running the offense there on third <laughs> and fourth down. Boy, you were fumbling the ball. <laughs> Coming up next, you're going to hear more from Nick Bruno on how to get butts in the seat out at Malone Stadium on the Grove and what they're going to do with that for future tailgating and also on the buzz that surrounds Matt Viator and the Warhawks heading into this year. That's coming up after the break. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, King of the Road Car King. We treat you like royalty. We earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing. The King of the Road, the King of the Road Car King. Portico in Monroe is back. New owners Joey Trepe, Roy Arthur, and Lindsey Levitt invite you to come experience it for yourself this football season. They'll have eight brand new 65-inch TVs, great for college football on Saturday and then NFL action on Sunday. They'll have a new full menu including pizza, wings, and loaded nachos. Lunch specials every single day, Monday through Friday, plus brunch on Sunday. Come experience Portico for yourself at 2230 Tower Drive in Monroe. If you're a homeowner, you know how important curb appeal is. It does make a difference how your home looks from the street. An old broken garage door does nothing for curb appeal. In fact, it can lower your home's value. But a beautiful new door from Bayou Overhead Door not only adds to your home's curb appeal, it can provide the protection, privacy, and energy savings your family needs. For over 35 years, Bayou Overhead Door has installed only the best, highest quality clo-pay doors and equipment to homes and businesses throughout North Louisiana. Now they also offer seamless gutters and durable floor coverings for your garage, patio, porch, or driveway installed in just a day. So whether you're building a new home or remodeling your existing home, call for a no-cost consultation about the right garage doors for the best curb appeal in the neighborhood. Bayou Overhead Door, 322-1090, or visit their user-friendly website, bayouoverheaddoors.com. Local Sports Talk is on the air. On the morning drive, this hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. All right, Jake, got a couple of texts on the bold predictions for the upcoming year. FS says Notre Dame is always overrated in preseason, and it takes four losses to get them out of the top 25. Danny, let me see if you agree with this, Aaron. Danny says bold prediction, LSU only loses two games. Mm. That is bold. So it would be Alabama and Georgia? Or Mississippi State. Auburn. Or Auburn. Miami. Or Miami. <laughs> or A&M. They're not going to lose to A&M. Or Ole Miss. They don't lose to the Aggies. Yeah. Well, that was before Jimbo. Yeah. Uh, Larry says, hope I do not fall on my face, but my bold prediction is Louisiana Tech wins Conference USA this year. Mike agrees with me in my bold prediction that ULM goes bowling this year. ULM has made one bowl game ever. That's bold. I just don't see it as bold. The The win total right now in Vegas is six. 
And honestly, I think that's the toughest one to bet on. I don't know if I would go over or under because I think that six is right there. Should have made a bold prediction on how many uh, people will be in the stands at Malone Stadium for the season opener versus <laughs> yeah. Southeastern. Yeah, you should have done that. Or should make a bold uh, statement on a uh, prediction on how many fans they'll average for the year. Hey, I'm going to challenge you on air so you, you'll work to get this done. Uh, we need – You know, Eddie Bonat, you want to get him on again? No, you already fulfilled oh, that. Okay. You need to get an even better guest, the teller, on this week, at the end of this week, and we can give our ace, all of our conference champions our final four playoffs and our national champion, and we'll keep that. And we and whoever has the most can boast about it at the end of the year. Do listeners still want to hear from the teller after, uh, I think, seven or eight years on the show? 888-993-7762. We get text or Jake every doesn't day. Care. Jake doesn't care what the <laughs> listeners think. We're going to force feed you the teller, <laughs> whether you like it or not. Uh, he's been hard to get a hold of this summer. I don't know what he's been up to. but You need to get your priorities in line, and uh, you need to talk to the teller. So uh, she could work on the teller over Bonine from here on out. Yes. Okay. Uh, how about Nick Bruno? We, we got him yesterday. We went up to his uh, plush office, had a nice sit-down, nice conversation with him on the uh, status of the ULM athletic program. Of course, the big news coming down yesterday Nick Floyd stepping down as the athletic director, citing health issues, has literally been uh, the AD for just 13 months. The biggest uh, quotes that we ran in the 7 o'clock hour concerned that he had brought structure to the athletic program, did a lot of things behind the scenes that a lot of fans did not notice. We moved on to the conversation on what's it going to take then to get people to buy in on this athletic program and most notably this football team. And he, uh, this was his response on how to get people out to Malone Stadium. I think it's winning ball games, putting a type of product on a field that, that warrants that. Um, you know, this has probably been one of the most patient fan bases that I know of. Uh, they've been here through thick and thin, um, through ups and downs, but they've continued to support the Warhawks and the Indians at the time. Um, and if you look back on the past, you know, there were some, some glimpses of greatness and some very good players that went through here. Uh, a lot of good times, a lot of people have fondness for this university. Um, but I think the patience of that fan base is just amazing, and I think everybody here wants to reward them for their patience. President Bruno committed to athletics? Absolutely, absolutely. Had a, had a volleyball team at my house for dinner last night. So, yeah, I, um, um, I try to make as many practices as I can. I try to, you know, go by the fields and just be seen. You know, I leave it to the coaches and the administrators to run their operation. I want them to run a good operation. I want them to run a clean operation. Uh, but um, I, I'm the worst loser in the world, you know, I feel you got to be number one, you got to work hard, you got to give it everything you got. And I have to say, I think we're at that point now. All right, so let's get to some text here. One says, patient fan base. There's like 19 total people that are fans of ULM. Mm. Um, the whole, the, the phrase that he used, they're there through thick and thin. Um, a lot of people would argue with that because the attendance has not been very good. Um, of course, you have to win football games to, to draw more people, but, yeah, I just wouldn't have used that phrase there. Tim Brando weighs in, says, uh, prayers to Nick Floyd and his family, health issues taking him away. 
and met him many years ago while I was at Southern Miss, a really good man who helped give ULM much-needed structure within their athletic department. We spoke at the pursuit, and he seemed very happy in Monroe. Uh, Brando reaching out to us to kind of give his uh, perspective on what he sees with the ULM Athletics. Obviously, he's all on board right now. Yeah. Before we continue with Bruno, a couple more texts here. Chris' prediction was Arkansas wins more than six games. Bold, Chris. Uh, and Matthew says the teller is hilarious, and he tells it like it is. The people want more teller. All right, one vote for the teller. Uh, with the medical uh, school coming to ULM, a lot of the talk has been, of course, they will place it where the Grove is at. What that will do for tailgating uh, in the foreseeable future for Warhawk fans, a lot of fans fired up about it. I asked Nick Bruno about the status of the Grove for next year. Well, it's going to be okay. I can say that. Um, I think it's going to, there's going to be some things that uh, are going to enhance the experience. Uh, I think the layout is going to be better. I think everyone's going to be comfortable with it. Again, it's kind of like the name change and the, the mascot. I think there'll be some individuals who may not feel as comfortable, but we're keeping people in the loop, talking to them, getting their feedback. Um, I think at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's going to be well accepted. I think it's going to be a non-issue. And I think um, when we look at what that change is going to mean for this region and this university, with a medical school, no other university in the state having a medical school on its comp uh, campus, even LSU's medical schools are independent campuses. Um, I think everyone will, will get the big picture. So um, I don't have any concerns over it. I've been very open with those that have been long-term Grovers. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been very open with the L Club. There's no secrets. Uh, you know, it's in all of our in the golf team. We know that they ha they're going to be displaced a little bit. Uh, but we're going to be doing some planning. We're going to make it work, and we're going to try our best to have everything uh, uh, in place before next season. Uh, we may have some uh, lagging things due to construction or whatever, but I, I think we're going to be okay. Richie says, well, the 500 fans that do show are dedicated, so I'll give him that one. Are we just going to go back and forth and we're going to run a Bruno clip and then we're going to have the ULM critics firing right Well, right? I mean, got to read what the people are saying, right? Uh, I think even the biggest ULM critics will admit that there is a buzz about this team, especially what the offense did last year. And I think they give a credit to what Matt Viatore and the staff have done, even though it hasn't shown up in the win totals yet with the two wins, two seasons of four wins apiece. The product is certainly better, the product that they're putting on the field. I asked uh, Nick Bruno about this buzz going into this year centered around this year's squad. You know, I came here in 2002 in my first uh, tenure and certainly didn't. Even in the 2012 season, you know, the preseason hype wasn't there. It, it just didn't have that buzz. In 13, you know, there was some thought we were coming off that bowl year. It, you know, I think there was a little bit but never from the perspective that we see now. Um, and of course, you know, uh, it's, it's in multiple sports. You know, I think we're gonna see multiple sports this year do well. Um, and um, I think that's all attributable to a lot of individuals working hard to get to a, a, a higher ground. And then finally I asked him about uh, Coach Viator and you know, at the time that he was hired, it wasn't the sexiest hire of all time. It wasn't the big splash that a lot had hoped for out at ULM. 
But when you bring in a guy from McNeese with the connections he has in the high school and college ranks, I think a lot of people now admit that it was in the best interest of ULM to bring Viator in. Here's uh, Coach Bruno, uh, uh, Coach Bruno, President <laughs> Bruno, is on uh, the Warhawks under Viator. Well, you know, once again, Aaron, there were some pretty big names that were kicked around for that job. Um, there was a, uh, we actually did a number of interviews of individuals that never really came to light, you know, that could have been great coaches. But the thing about Matt Viator that I, uh, I felt convinced he was the right guy is people I knew personally who knew him personally. Um, all they could talk about is his work ethic and his commitment. Um, I remember Matt visiting we, with me in my house before the job uh, during his interview. And, you know, he was, he had made very clear to the people in Lake Charles that were trying to raise money to increase his salary that if he was offered this job, he would not leave here to take more money. And it tell me, told me the character of the person. Mm -hmm. To me, people I work with, their character, their integrity, um, when you find people with high levels of character and high integrity, they're going to get you through it. And then they're not going to bring embarrassment to your university or your city or your fan base or your team. So this is the thing that we strive for here. Um, and Matt Viator, you know, Keith Richard, I think Mike Federico is going to be that kind of person, J.D. Malone. I mean, when I look across our coaching staff now, I see, oh, you know, across the board, people with very high integrity and desire to win, and they want to be at ULM. That's a big thing. So, um, yeah, I, I'm very happy with, with that decision. Um, I promised the fan base back then that we were going to do everything we can to make this program a winner, and right now I think we're on our way. All right, Jake, we played, what, uh, seven clips over the last uh, two hours. Biggest takeaway from President Nick Bruno's conversation. <laughs> I don't know what the biggest takeaway is. I mean, a lot of it is what I expected him to say. Um, there's no real clarification as to where this department is heading. It kind of sounds like well, more for right of the now, same. Scott McDonald, of course, the chief administrative officer who just took over those responsibilities in mid-July, will have the day-to-day -day operations of the athletic program. Of course, they're still going to have Nick Floyd on campus or in some sort of role, consulting role, uh, uh, being reassigned within the administration as he continues to deal with his health issues till the end of the year so they can lean on his experience. The thing that I took away from it the most is they continue to point back. It wasn't visible. Perhaps it wasn't seen. A lot of people didn't understand it. But uh, they thought that he kind of brought this program together and provided the structure. structure. Yeah, That was the key word that kept coming up. Bruno would say there was no structure before, of course, Floyd arrived on campus. That was the biggest takeaway. What I was saying, though, is we keep doing this circle where we keep saying, well, more people will show up when we win. And then when we see ULM get off to a strong start, it's like, well, they need to promote more. It's just like we keep going round and round in that circle. That's kind of what I, I, I get caught up in. 888-993-7762. We certainly appreciate the fact that he sat down with us and had a, a nice conversation yesterday in his office. Let's have our parting shots coming up after the break.
Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. Y'all ready for this? The Eddie G. Robinson High School Football Classic Jamboree. Saturday, August 25th in the Robinson Memorial Stadium on the campus of Grambling State University. In its fourth year, Team Up Sports Consulting is bringing another exciting day of hard-hitting football action. Game one. The Lincoln Prep Panthers will take the field against their I-20 rival, the Arcadia Hornets, starting at 2 p.m. Game two. The Cavaliers of Calvary Baptist out of Shreveport will try to take the sting out of those tough, hard-hitting Rayville Hornets. You can get your Jamboree tickets at each of the participating schools now. Check out more details at egrobinsonclassic.com. Once again, it's on. Team Up Sports Consulting is bringing you the Eddie G. Robinson High School Football Classic Jamboree 4. Presented by Creed and Creed. Serious attorneys for serious injuries. Saturday, August 25th in Grambling, Louisiana. In the Robinson Memorial Stadium on the campus of Grambling State University. And home of the legendary coach Eddie G. Robinson. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Good morning. Here's latest weather conditions for our area. Mostly sunny skies with hot and humid conditions today and a high of 93 degrees. Clear skies on tap for tonight with a low 72. Plenty of sunshine in the forecast for tomorrow and a high of 93 degrees. Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Welcome back to the show. You can hit us up one last time at 888-993-7762. It's the Darren Moody State Farm hotline slash text line. It is that time of the show where we have our parting shots. I started when we didn't have (laughs) computers. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have any of that garbage. You do what everybody else in the media does, just creates and throw it on the wall and see what sticks. Have something to ask, just like this. Let's do it. That's where'd that come from? I never said that. Nobody in this building ever said that. So where'd you come up with that? Just, you know, had a dream about it or what? But see, it's real easy when you're not in the business, when you've never played the game, when you don't understand truly what the game is. And that's, to me, that's chicken. That was well played there by Tabor. We just needed Bruce Petty to weigh in on the developments at ULM. <laughs> That's right. The guy that would take shots, of course, at not only Nick Bruno, but also Scott McDonald. Yeah. That was part of his, you know, his beef. That was a perfect parting yeah, shot. Yeah, that from was Tabor. a nice tie-in. Yes. What you got for your parting shot? Oh, man, Let, let's break down. If we're going to break down Taysom Hill and, of course, his performance the other night, the other highly anticipated story, of course, going into the preseason for the Saints was the voice of the Saints. Right? Oh, boy. Yeah, Zach Street. It's the story I never get tired of. Yeah. 
Zach Streif. I hope you have some audio. We for do. Us. We actually have a call. We, I don't even think we've heard a call. We of course heard his like commentary to yeah. his broadcast, but this is actually a call from the preseason game, the second one versus the Cardinals the other night. Uh, here's what it sounded like, and then Jake will break it down for you. Twenty to nine. JT Barrett trying to grab the Saints' first touchdown of the evening. He drops back. Run. Flushes out to the left. He looks. He's going to pull it down. He's to the five. Cuts up underneath. And JT Barrett is in for a touchdown. JT Barrett with a 12-yard touchdown run. And the Saints finally get a touchdown here with 20 seconds remaining here in the fourth quarter. Best color guy in the business. <laughs> Stay in your lane, dudes. Run. <laughs> Good analysis, good stuff. No, I uh, it's it, it is, is what it is. What it, is yes. it is what it is. Yeah. I don't even know what to say besides that. It sound like a preseason call. Yeah, it didn't sound like an NFL broadcast, but it is what it is. Yeah, but I don't want him to be overexcited about a preseason well, touchdown true. too. That's right. So, <laughs> thanks for that, Aaron. Yeah, you bet. I, I want you to give it. Actually, can you do this? Yeah. When we get Nick White on the show every week, can you just play Zach Streif before he yeah, comes on? We don't on? have to get Nick all fired up every week. We don't have to push his button every week. Get that blood pressure up yes. a little bit. <laughs> just lead into his segment every week with a Zach Streif call. <laughs> it would be pretty good. Uh, my quick parting shot, Aaron, is just the AP poll. Now, I don't know why people are up in arms about the AP poll. I don't know why either. Because... Who cares? Well, all these other polls dropped, and I'm just like, okay, whatever. It is what it is. And I felt like most people were like that, too. But after the AP poll, I saw so many people upset yeah. and really upset about LSU. But I want to first go through the, the top ten, and then I'll discuss a couple other things. I thought they did pretty well with this. Number one, Alabama, of course. Two, Clemson. Three, Georgia. Four, Wisconsin. Wisconsin is the only school outside of Clemson. And Alabama, they got one first-place vote. They got a first-place vote, Aaron. How do you feel about that? I don't care. Okay. Number, <laughs> Thanks for playing along. <laughs> Number five, Ohio State. Six, Washington. Seven, Oklahoma. Eight, Miami. Nine, Auburn. Ten, Penn State. Now, scroll down. LSU is 25th. Hmm. LSU made the top 25. I've seen a lot of people upset that LSU made it over South Carolina. People feel like South Carolina has a top 25 team. They will like. They are more likely to finish in the top 25 because their schedule is much easier than LSU's. All of that I get, but uh, are we really this upset? LSU's going to either get to the top 10 or fall out of the top 10 or, or fall out of the top 25 within the first three weeks. So why are we upset about this? You're I'm not. not. I know, but some people are. Uh, how about the, are we upset that uh, Larry Culpepper has been dropped by Dr. Pepper? And, of course, their new Nine. campaign will feature, uh, I think it's six commercials, and they're calling it the ultimate college football town, Fansville. And in this town, it'll uh, include uh, Brian Bosworth. The Boz is the sheriff. <laughs> yeah. Eddie George is the doctor. Uh-huh. And Les Miles is a store clerk. Love no it. No respect for the Mad Hatter. No, I love it. Go State. Have you watched the uh, trailer yet? Yeah, I did. Hey, how, that, how was uh, Les Miles' acting ability? That was his one line, go state. <laughs> go state. And that was it. He nailed it? Yeah, and then later I think he's holding a potato chip or something. Yeah. Yeah, 
It's it's literally like a second. I got a little tired of old Larry Culpepper. I did too. It's but. probably time for him to move on. Yeah. Like the guys well, from Sonic. The two guys from Sonic. The only good part. No. God. No. Completely disagree with that. The guys from Sonic are good. Um, the only th- good thing about Larry Culpepper was his little skits with um, Steve Spurrier. The more Steve Spurrier I can get in my life, the better. But other than that, yeah, Culpe- Culpepper can go. Uh, and then other news, of course, is highly anticipated. Mike Tirico will take over Sunday night in America. He will be the studio host. He will be replacing Dan Patrick. The announcement, of course, was official yesterday. Shouldn't come as a big shock. Nope. <laughs> ah, nope. What we got going on tomorrow? We're going to continue our high school football previews. Also, we're going to look forward to our doctor's segment with Dr. Saul Graves. Bayou Jam we'll press conference of, uh, later today. We'll Actually, have a lot of stuff hour. from that. Yeah, we'll have a lot of um, a lot of takeaways from that. We'll have a lot of um, sound from that. So, yeah, we'll just continue breaking down the high school football season as we inch closer. Maybe we can play a little four downs. We'll see if it's uh, needed. But uh, yeah, we'll have a fun day. Couple different texts here. One centers around uh, ULM. There's some type of buzz every year, though. A buzz centered around hope. That hope that we don't suck again. <laughs> AJ says, uh, guys from Sonic are played out. I agree with you, Aaron. They're fine. They are fine. They went away for a while and they came back. They're still good. And we'll see if uh, LSU has another players-only meeting before tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I, I was expecting that to be your parting shot. Will there be another quarterback that transfers out in the college ranks before tomorrow? Of course, uh, yesterday yes. we had Elijah Walker from Louisiana Tech leaving. It is that time of the year when depth charts start to get established and people start to realize, uh-oh, I'm buried on the depth chart and I'm going to be holding a clipboard for the rest of the year. You, the chances are high it's, that someone in the country transfers, yes. It's just the nature of the beast right now. Uh, we had great interaction with you guys today. Certainly appreciate all the listeners out there. And, of course, for the text on the Darren Moody State Farm text line. Everybody have a fantastic day. We'll yell at you bright and early tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. See ya. The Edge is coming up next. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.